Well, we're going to continue in a message series that we started last week that we're calling The Heart of Jesus. And we're going to spend several weeks just camped out on a few verses in Matthew chapter 11. If you've got a Bible with you, I invite you to find that. We're in the New Testament, first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. We're going to pick it up at verse 25. But we're really going to spend these weeks just soaking in verses 28, 29, and 30 as we discover the heart of Jesus. Last week we talked about the invitation, Jesus' invitation to all who are weary and burdened. And today we're going to talk about the promise. My goal in, in these weeks is to really just, just to shelter in place with Jesus. Just to hide ourselves in Him. Um, I, I don't know about you, but there's nothing I want to do more than just run away from everything. I just want to run away. Like I just want to go somewhere where this isn't an issue. Maybe Antarctic would work. I don't know, but you know, but we can't. If we we can't hide away, but we can hide ourselves in Jesus. And so that's my my place is to shelter in place with the Lord in this time. So let's go ahead and read Matthew chapter eleven, twenty five to thirty. You can remain seated for the reading of God's word this morning. Jesus uh, says this, At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Verse 27, My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And Jesus said, verse 28, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Those are great words from Jesus. Just as a refresher, uh, let me just go back to what we looked at last Sunday as we looked at just the first part of verse 28 where Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So come, it's an invitation, it's voluntary, it's not forced, he doesn't demand, it's not an angry come here, it's an invitation. And it's to me, it's not to religion, it's not to doctrine, it's not to... To rules and regulations, it's to the person of Jesus. Come to me, he says, to know him. Uh, all of you, everyone is invited who fits these categories. Uh, it's an open invitation, regardless of your past, regardless of your, your, you know, your social status, your economic status. It's an invitation to you if you fit this category of weary, right? Worn out from trying hard, working at it, being religious. Um, trying to, to keep up the good image, all those things, worn out all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, that extra burden of responsibility or duty, or maybe it's the, the burden of self-righteousness. And he's, Jesus says, I'm inviting you, all of you, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. That's the invitation. And today we pick up the promise, and I will give you rest. And I will give you rest. That's the promise today. This 
Thanksgiving week is, is typically meant to be a rest, a break, uh, some time off. Kids are typically out of school for the week. Uh, you know, maybe if you're working, you get an extra day or two off work. It's meant to be a little kind of mental, physical break for you. And of course, if you were the one prepping the turkey and all the fixings and hosting and it wasn't maybe very restful, it was fun, uh, but it was still a lot of work for you. Um, we all need a break. We all need a, a, a pause, a moment. And uh, we look for that, I think. And God created us to work, but he also created us to rest. He built that right into the the the, the creation order, the very order of creation. Day one, two, three, four, five, six meant for work. Day seven meant for rest, to renew, reconnect, and so on. And so that's called Sabbath. Sabbath is not about the law. It pre, it comes before the law, it comes right at creation. It's built into our DNA to need a rest. I, I've sometimes shared that, you know, when I used to work in the trades, I, I noted that some, some of the trades people would work seven days a week. There's just guys who would just go and go and go. And typically, I, we started to notice that the guys who worked, guys and gals, who worked seven days a week tended to be less productive than those that would work five or six. Because they never gave themselves that refresher, that Sabbath rest. And so it would kind of undo their their capacity to work. God created the Sabbath then as a gift for you. It's not a duty or an obligation, even though we often treat it that way. I mean, I remember growing up in a family that observed a Sabbath pretty strictly. And I remember sort of resenting that, you know, those couldn't do anything fun on Sunday, right? Uh, not understanding that it was meant to be uh, for our benefit. It's essential for your health. Think about, when you think about rest, I'm just trying to build this picture of rest. When you think about it, rest is a lot of things. It's it's like, it's reward. It, you know, you work hard all week or you, you do something, you work hard for a day and then you you rest. It's a reward for your labor. It's a recharge. You know, when you're depleted from pressing on and pressing on and pressing on, that rest meant to kind of fill your batteries back up, fill your tank. Um, it's reconnection. As you have a, some set aside time to reconnect with God and reconnect with people. Uh, you know, to our friends on, on YouTube, like, I wish I could see you face to face and give you a hug and be present with you. And I love to be able to be here and see our faces. You know, some folks have wondered, you know, why are we continuing to meet? I just really believe that that it's there's such an essential element to be able to reconnect even when we can't maybe physically contact each other just to be able to see each other be in a space together i just think it's really essential uh for us that reconnection uh of rest there's recreation or recreation sometimes there's just an activity that that just re just kind of recreates your soul a little bit sometimes that for some it might be you know, you, you play some sports or you like doing a little bit of gardening or yard work or you, you have a fun car to drive and it just kind of recreates you a little bit. Like it's, it's, it's healthy, it's good for you. Or relief, you know, you think about kind of lifting the weight off. You think about a foot rest in front of your sofa or an arm rest on your chair. It takes that weight off. So it's, you know, rest is a lot of things. Reward, recharge, reconnect recreate or recreation relief lots of good things 
When you think about particularly the things that were happening in our nation this past summer and, and, and could well happen again, uh, social unrest, right? Unrest is all the things that we hate. Chaos, destruction, uh, you know, brokenness in relationship. And so God has created rest for us. Jesus invites us into rest. Think about the difference between a holiday and a vacation. I don't know if you remember what those are. Anybody remember what those are? Um, they were fun. They were fun. A holiday is is uh, is fun, but not typically as restful as a vacation, right? If you're if you you know if you just celebrated Thanksgiving, it might have been busy or frantic or lots going on. Or you think about Fourth of July, or you think about Christmas and. You know, your brother-in-law is going to spend the, the week with you. And while that's, you don't mind too much, you kind of miss having your own space and you're not too sad when they, when they go back home. You know, it's good, but it's not restful. You compare that to a vacation. I mean, just think of the word vac, vacation comes from vacate to like clear the premises. You, you unplug, you, you're away from the phone, you're, you're just restful. You do less. Um, Becky and I, uh, you know, lead, uh, we'll be leading a, a group hopefully next year to Israel again. And when we do that, it is not a vacation. I promise you it is not, it is go, 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 go every day. We don't even Sabbath during that time because we're just trying to pack it all in and we keep you active and walking and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, and so you get your rest when you come back, but there's a difference holiday Vacation. That vacation is is wonderful. It's restful. Um, so all of that's good, and and all of that's you know wonderful. The kind of rest that Jesus promises is certainly more than that. Break time off, physical rest, mental break. It's a soul rest. It's an internal rest. It's internal peace meant to settle inside of you. And that's what he's talking about in verse 28. In in the Bible, generally, rest is a is a wide concept. It covers a lot of things. So, you know, it covers the Sabbath that I just talked about. Then the Hebrew people were commanded to to give their land a Sabbath. Every seventh year, they'd let, you know, the fields, they would rotate their fields so you'd, you'd let your, some land lie fallow. And then every 50th year, it was called the year of Jubilee, they're meant to give the economy a rest, kind of a big financial reset. Uh, in, in the economy, uh, they had seven annual festivals they were to celebrate, also meant for rest and reconnection with each other and with God's, with God and with God's people. And so, you know, this kind of wide, this sense of rest infiltrated their whole life. And then, you know, Hebrews, you know, there's a sense for them of like, uh, a more permanent rest in the sense of how you live. So Hebrews three and four, uh, goes into some detail unpacking how God's people, the, the Hebrews, left Egypt, delivered by Moses. They were delivered from slavery and they were to enter the land of Canaan or what we would today say is Israel, that that area. And um, that was their promised rest. That was the promise for them. It was delivery from the bondage of slavery. If you're not free, you cannot rest. Uh, you need to have freedom to be able to Rest. You can't be looking over your shoulder and be resting at the same time. God had to deal with those people because they failed to enter that rest 
not because they didn't keep moving, not because they didn't work at it, but because they didn't trust God. They lacked faith in God, and so they did not enter their rest. Hebrews 3, 10b and 11 puts it this way. It says, their hearts, this is God speaking, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. That place of rest we're talking about is the promised land. And so if you ever wonder, why did the Israelite people wander in the desert for 40 years? It's because God had to allow an entire generation of people to die off so the next generation could enter in the rest. By the way, this is such good news. Every generation has the opportunity for to, to start fresh with God. And every generation has to make their own decision. Uh, your parents don't decide for you. You decide for yourself. You don't decide for your kids. Your kids decide for yourself. We do our best to lead our kids and raise them to know and love and follow Jesus. But ultimately, they make their own decision. And just so you know, a bad start does not guarantee a bad finish. doesn't matter how you started. The grace of God can rescue you at any point. So anyway, they, they, they didn't enter their rest because of that rebellion, they, their lack of faith and trust in God. So that promised land was to be their place of rest. And even though, you know, they would enter and have lots of work to do, you still got to live and do all that. But it was that sense of living in a, in a sacred space with God. Now, ultimately, we have the hope of eternal rest. I'm just, again, just trying to unpack all this kind of notion of the breadth of, of this, this word. You think about heaven as that place of rest. We, when we, when we, when someone dies, what do we do? We lay them to you can say it, rest, right? We say rest in peace, right? That's it. And so it, heaven, we talk about heaven, RZ, our place of eternal rest. And it's not like you're just going to go nap all day in heaven. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about heaven. It, it, you know, it's a place of security in God, even as we will worship the king and and resettle a new heaven, a new earth, and whatever all that means, um, we will fully understand once we are there. Now, let's go back to verse 28. Keeping in mind that Jesus is speaking to people who understand religion. They get it. They know about rules and regulations, obligations. They they understand all that. And Jesus is not happy about all the burdens that have been, religious burdens that have been placed on them. So Matthew 23 records a rebuke. You know, Jesus is speaking about the Pharisees. Those are the religious experts of the day. And Jesus speaks to them and he gives them, he, he gives this rebuke and he's talking to the people about the Pharisees. He says this, so practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Just more and more and more weight. What they would do is they would take the laws, then they would talk about how to obey those laws, and then they'd define the law, and then you need a law about the law. You know, the more laws you have, the more rules you have, the more rules you have to have about the rules. Uh, I remember years ago, well, the first place that Becky and I bought together, we were fairly newly married, and we lived at a tiny little condo. It was 600 square feet, and... Um, there were there what here we'd call them HOA. There was HOA rules, and one of the rules was Christmas lights had to be tightly strung. And in the in the bylaws, underlined was tightly strung. And we just thought, oh, someone along the line drooped their Christmas lights 
And somebody made us think about it, and they had to make a law about the law about how to hang, hang your Christmas lights. So Becky and I, every year, we always joke about that. She says, make sure they're tightly strong. So anyway, and now you've got Jesus coming to this whole situation, and Jesus is saying, look, I'm offering you something different, something better, something better than religion. I'm inviting you to me, to myself, to a relationship that provides rest rather than religion. Rather than obligation. I'm not sure that many of us really grasp this. Because it's not in our nature to really trust and have faith and rest in in Him. It's not in our nature. I I don't care if you're an evangelical, uh, you know, mainline Protestant, Catholic, or even if you're a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Sikh or a Hindu. It's all in our nature to... Um, strive for kind of divine acceptance, like being good enough for God, being accepted to God. Uh, I mean, that's, I, I just think it's just kind of how we're wired, all of us. And I would say even atheists will do this. Even people who say, I don't believe in God, are striving for kind of a, a divine acceptance by creating their own moral code. It might be environmentalism, might be neo-socialism, yeah, it, it might be... Um, uh, gender equality, whatever their doctrine is, that's something that they're kind of striving to achieve that or prove their worth to that doctrine. And I would say I'm, I've been guilty of that in my own life for sure, for sure. Taking on religious burden and obligation and duty just to prove, either prove my worth to God or prove to others that I'm worthy to God. Um, I, we'll come back to this in a few weeks, but I, years ago, I, I, maybe two or three years ago, I was praying about something and just kind of complaining to God a little bit about all the things we'd been through. And I was like, God, I did this for you and I did that and this didn't happen. And you're just sort of complaining a little bit. And I, I've just felt like the Lord said, yeah, but you made sacrifices I didn't ask you to make. It was that div- striving for divine acceptance. And, and instead, Jesus comes along and says, Look, I'm here to take away all that all that burden of obligation and duty. I'm here to take that from you and give you rest. I want to give you rest. And unfortunately, as Jesus makes this offer, I wonder if it's even what we're asking for. I I have two sons. Um they're in their 20s. They're they're both good gift givers, like good gift. They think about it at Christmas time and they'll give me something I didn't ask for and didn't think to ask for. And it's a really good gift. Like they have a knack for that. And it's like, oh, that was a really good idea. I like that. They they give what I didn't ask for and it's the right gift. That's remarkable to me. Uh, and so... Think about it in the same way, the way Jesus is giving you a gift that you may not even realize you need or may not realize you're, at, you're asking for or need to ask for this gift of rest. When you think about how you pray for yourself, when you have a, you know, when you're praying for yourself, Lord, today, would you, what do you ask for typically? Protection, safety, Lord, just get us through this day, endurance, right? Lord, I, I need wisdom for this decision I have to make. Um, you know, Lord, just bless us. Lord, I need self-control. Lord, I need patience for that person. Whatever it is, like we pray those things. But how often do we say, Jesus, 
I just am here to receive your rest today. I'm just here to receive, oh, being in your presence. I, I'm not sure that we're very good at that, but that's what he's inviting us to. It's a conditional promise, right? Because we have to respond to the invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So we actually have to be the ones to come to him and I will give you rest. So let's break this down like we did just last Sunday. Just like break it into three parts and I will give you rest and I will give you rest. Jesus says, and I, so he is the source of the rest, not church attendance, not serving in church, not being a good person, not giving in the community, not supporting the the angel Christmas tree thing that we're doing. That's not the source of your rest. All those things are good fruit of the rest being rested in Jesus. All that's good fruit coming out of Jesus. But those good deeds, which also are essential, like, I mean, that's an essential element of your Christian life is living out your faith in practical ways. But that's not the source of rest. Jesus is the rest. And out of that, we produce that good fruit. I was uh, confessing to the Lord this week that sometimes I feel like I fall into this kind of habitual or ritualistic way of reading my my Bible. And you know me, I'm encouraging you to make a good habit of daily Bible reading. You know, I would challenge you 2021, if you've never read through the whole Bible, make give yourself a challenge to read through the Bible in, in a year. That would be amazing. Um, be a, a good challenge. But sometimes it can be just a habit and then that's not very life-giving. And so I'm asking the Lord to help me more and more meet him in his word. That's where I want to encounter him. It's him speaking and I want to sit up and pay attention when he speaks. When you think about now, think about your low moments. You're discouraged, you're overwhelmed, you're tired, whatever it is. Where do you turn to refill? Where do you turn to, to kind of charge your batteries? Most of us, let's be honest, most of us turn to things like television or maybe more work or alcohol or sports or video games. And I'm not preaching against any of those things. That's not what, that's not my point. It's not what I'm here to do. I'm not, you know, on a crusade or campaign against those things. I'm just warning us that any of those can become a really terrible trap for us because they promise rest, but it's an empty promise. They promise fulfillment, but it's an empty promise. So where do you turn as your source of rest? Jesus says, and I, it's from him. He is the source of your rest. And he goes on to say, we'll give you rest. It's, rest is a gift. It's given by Jesus. Some of you got your Christmas shopping done already. Um, hats off to you. That's impressive. I did get one thing already. So I'm already ahead of the curve. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Um, but when you put gifts under the Christmas tree, not one of those gifts is going to have a price tag on it, is it? Except maybe the one for your brother-in-law. But for every other one, right? None of them are going to have a price tag. None of them are going to have a for sale sticker on them. Why not? Because they're gifts, which means the price has already been paid. Unless you 
bought them on their credit card and you're going to be paying for them in April, don't do that. I Please. Uh, right? The gift is already paid for. So all that has to be done is for the recipient to open it up and to receive that gift. The rest that Jesus promises is a gift freely given. You can't earn it because he's already paid for it. And so all you can do is receive it, welcome it into your life, or you can reject it. That's up to you. Jesus says, I want to give you, and then finally, rest. The rest that Jesus offers is a rest for your soul that begins now and goes on forever. It never ends. It's an end to the sort of try harder uh, style version of Christianity, religion that so many of us were were raised on. It's an end to kind of proving who you are. It's it's a beginning of accepting instead who God says you are. Instead of kind of proving and trying to make myself something, I can accept that God says, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. I'm beloved by Him. I'm forgiven in Christ. I'm free in Christ. I'm under His grace. That's the invitation. That's the rest that He has. I don't have to strive to prove something all the time. We're going to close with a, a song. More uh, family's going to lead us in called Give Me Jesus. I invite you guys to go ahead and come and uh, prepare to lead us in that. But as they come, I want to just... Friends, I just want to have us finish with two questions. All right, you ready? Two questions. First question is this. Does your relationship with Jesus lead to stress or rest? Does your relationship with Jesus lead you to rest or does it lead you to stress? If Jesus stresses you out, you are following some distorted version of Jesus. Because Jesus and knowing Jesus is meant to satisfy the very need of your soul. He's there to meet you daily at your point of need. Does knowing Jesus, does your relationship with Jesus stress you out from all this list of duties and obligations? Then I just say, time out, time out. That's the wrong Jesus. Knowing him is supposed to lead you into rest. So that's the first question. Does your relationship with Jesus lead you to stress or to rest? The second question is this. If you were to look for rest, if you said, yes, I'm I'm in turmoil, I'm unsettled in my soul, I need to find rest. Where are you expecting to find it? Where are you expecting to find your rest? You expecting to find it at the doctor? You expecting to find it on TV, on social media? Certainly not in the news, I promise you that. You expecting to find it in relationship? Finances? All of those things are unable to fully meet your need because only Jesus can meet that need that you have. He created that need in your soul for Him and only He can fill that place in your soul. And so He invites you into knowing Him. But that's the question. Where are you expecting to find rest? You're going to be perpetually tired, perpetually exhausted 
if you will not come to Jesus as the source of your rest. Jesus says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take a deep breath, friends. Rest. Some of you came in here carrying a huge burden today. It's for one of your kids. It's your finances. Your loved ones in the hospital. You're nervous about COVID. Whatever it is. And I just want to tell you, Jesus wants to meet you at that point of need today. He wants to give you rest. Now and for eternity. An end to that striving. Let's pray. Jesus, we uh, we said earlier that if more of you means less of me, um, we're okay with that. And we just want to affirm again, Jesus, we're in process. We realize that. But we want more and more to be able to say this with our whole hearts. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. There's so much else that's crying for my attention. Just give me Jesus. And forgive me, Lord, for those many, many times when I'm I'm just not there wholeheartedly. I and mean, I want to be more and more there with my friends here. So we just yield ourselves afresh to you, Jesus. We thank you for your gift, your promised gift of rest. We love you. We thank you for your great love for us. Friends, if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, if you don't know him, I don't care how many times you've been in church, but if you do not know Jesus personally, friends, if you're watching online and you're just checking this out, put aside your objections for a moment and just bring yourself to Jesus and and just say, Jesus, I'm here. Reveal yourself to me and he will. He longs to do that for you. He longs to welcome you. And so on that great and final day, when we encounter Jesus, willingly or unwillingly, we'll encounter him. And when he says, do I know you? He and I, you, you and he will both say, yes, we know each other. That's the goal. That's it. That's it. That's the goal. Well, friends, thank you. Continue to just uh, keep our church, our city, our nation in prayer in these trying, trying times, and uh, keep looking up, be people who are joyful, find your rest in Jesus, and uh, watch him do amazing things. Let's read our benediction together as we close. And now may our Lord Jesus Christ, God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope, comfort us and strengthen us in every good thing we do and say, Amen.